Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to the Osmo UFC DFS Strategy Shows. We're here to break down UFC Vegas number 33 that goes down on Saturday inside the UFC Apex there. In Las Vegas, it's a fight card that has gone through some changes. We've lost some fights. We've had a fighter step up here on fight week to take a fight, but we're going to break it all down for you. Of course, in the show, we'll give you our straight up fight picks. Also, do want to thank our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. We'll talk about some of the player prop lines that are over at Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, we're doing the show here on a Wednesday evening, not in our normal afternoon time slot there on Thursday because my man Pete is getting on a plane tomorrow. What is up, Pete? What's up, Jason? What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? I'm doing good, bro. I, I've uh, I've been, uh, let's see, I was in, started in the morning in Tampa, made the hour and a half trek over to Orlando, did a show over there, made the trek back to Tampa. Now I'm here talking to you. Yeah, that's uh, By the way, talking a little MMA judging a little earlier today, that was a little bit of a storyline of last week's show. Little, uh, oh. hey, I, I had an off night last Saturday night. I had an off night. Hey, it happens. Yeah. Last, last week was weird. Um, some terrible officiating, if we're being honest, uh, some questionable scorecards. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, make for grounds of discussion going forward. Uh, I think that there are some really important people that are going to start to possibly make a change. I hope, um, but it's just a weird card. It was a, it was a you, weird card. You're funny. You're yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. My podcast comes out on Sunday. Make sure we tune in. That's right. I got to hear that. <laughs> I'm not expecting a lot of changes, but I do know it was a hot topic at the ABC meeting on Sunday about the scoring there. Um, Chris Lee, do you know how to write the number eight to score a 10, eight round? Like that, that's very much a question mark for me. Yeah. I mean, for me, the Kyler Phillips fight really screwed uh, a bunch of my parlays. I uh, had him as the last piece. Um, and uh, I thought he was, you know, on his way to having a dominating win and possibly finishing inside the first round. And then uh, I was like, okay, you know, maybe these takedowns first round, I scored 10, eight. And then, uh, you know, the rounds after that, he really gassed and it should have been a draw in my opinion, which would have saved my parlays. Uh, but if he was, you know, awarded that victory, of course, that would have really, really helped me out. But uh, it goes to show you that a lot of judging, um, a lot of judges don't feel comfortable writing a 10, eight, um, but that was pretty decisive, multiple knockdowns, damn near finishing his opponent, uh, on top control, uh, brutal, brutal strikes, unanswered shots. I mean, that is literally by the book, a 10, eight. Yeah. I mean, you know, three knockdowns that match up and, you know, Keith Peterson, he, he gave the, uh, Oh, Hey, there's only 10 seconds left in the round. Yeah. I'm going to give you a chance, but man, that just that there Miranda Maverick, I thought one, two rounds to one, I, I'm not sure how, so how, the judges scored that one to one Macy Barber. And I mean, look, the main event, it was a close fight, but my only issue with it is I don't know how Sal D'Amato scored the fifth round for TJ Dillashaw. That, that's the only one that, that was stuck out to me. You know, it, it's interesting because like you can't get taken down so many times throughout, uh, you know, an MMA fight and based on the criteria expect to win uh, given the sport, but as far as the fight, and I thought Brandon Schaub talked about it, you know, pretty well on his podcast, as far as the fight was considered a fight, 
Sanhagen won the fight, but uh, I thought that TJ Dillashaw within the the rules and the the scoring standards, I thought that he did enough to win um, win that fight because of the the control and the takedowns. You can't get take it down over and over and over and over um, and just had you know be controlled throughout and uh, expect to win. But it was a very close fight for sure. Um, definitely, definitely close fight. Of course, before we start getting into UFC Vegas number 33, do want to let you know that one of the best ways for you in a free month of Also Plus Platinum is to review your favorite Awesome podcast, of course, part of the Awesome Podcast Network, because most of our shows are available at awesome.com slash podcast. And be sure submit that five-star review of your Twitter handle or Awesome username so you'll be entered to win a free month of Also Plus Platinum. One winner is awarded every Friday. Reviews are eligible to up to one year. Plain and simple, this is most likely your best chance to win a free month of also plus, which is valued at about $90. So head over there right now and uh, leave that five-star review on the also MMA feed there, whether you want to listen to us on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever that may be. But Pete, let's get right into this one. Main event of this fight car, Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. And uh, I will tell you, so I'm doing my show yesterday. My co-host mentioned to me, we're, we're talking about, you know, Strickland Hall, how this fight, what you expect out of it, a stand-up fight between these two guys. And he goes, Uriah Hall is a plus 180 underdog in this one. And I was like, what? I, I was shocked. And then I pull up the DraftKings line. I see Uriah Hall 6,900. Boy, that is a, that's a great value play this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to Mexico tomorrow. I'll be sipping on margaritas all week. I think whoever's in charge of DraftKings was sipping margaritas when they came up with these salaries. Um, I don't know. Some of these salaries are extremely questionable. Uh, Uriah Hall, 6,900 in a main event. Obviously his volume is, uh, you know, is, is not the best because he's a counter striker for sure. He waits for the perfect shot, describes his style as a sniper. Um, Strickland comes forward a lot with questionable defense, but you know, pretty good offense where he likes to throw, likes to engage, get into a firefight and get into like an ugly exchange. Now, I think for the majority of the time, Strickland will probably dictate the pace and the direction of this fight because of his forward pressure. But with in saying that, I think Uriah Hall could be one, two, uh, you know, two exchanges away from finishing the fight because of Strickland keeping his hands so low. And with all that being said, this is a pretty, pretty close fight. It shouldn't be 9,300 against 6,900. Um, I thought this was going to be the 8,000, 8,200 fight. I think that Uriah Hall, 6,900, I mean, the value is just too good to pass up for me, despite the uh, lethargic volume at times. I still think that he can win. I think that he's somewhat hitting his stride. I think the one thing with Uriah Hall was always confidence, and I think that's starting to kind of you know, create itself and create this new Uriah Hall 2.0, so, so to speak, where he always had the skill, and I think he had like mental lapses at times, and... Uh, I don't know. It's an even fight, but I, I do like Uriah Hall in the matchup, and I, I favor the counter striker. I, I think the question I have in this one is: Will either one of these fighters go to the takedown round? And, and if one does, it's definitely Sean Strickland, and he has the better overall game for sure. He can mix in some takedowns and make this an easy victory by taking Uriah Hall down, solidifying rounds. Um, it, the longer he stays up Uriah, with Uriah Hall, the longer he is chancing getting knocked out by a spectacular kick or a counter right hand, to be honest. Um, you know, Strickland's going to be winning the fight until Uriah Hall lands that shot. I wouldn't be surprised to see Strickland walk away with a decision, but the value is just too good to pass up for DraftKings. For, for betting, if you want to, you know, step aside on this one, I don't blame you. But on, on DraftKings, Uriah Hall 6,900 is going to be the chalk of the week. And as we do this show, the FanDuel salaries are not out. That Those usually come there on Thursday. Now, Uriah Hall, he has been on a nice little winning streak here, winning four in a row, but he is five and four in his last nine matchups. Those losses against Robert Wicker, Derek Brunson, Gegard Mousasi, and Paul Costa. So all, you know, top of this division here. But let me ask you this. Who is the best win during his last five fights? Christoph Jocko, Bavon Lewis, Antonio Carlos Jr., Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say because, like, the Weidman win, you didn't really get to see much. Uh, Anderson Silva in his retirement fight, essentially. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I mean, maybe it's Jocko, but that's that's some time ago. That's four years ago. And uh, Jocko's style is, you know, come forward, pressure, mixing some takedowns. Um, 
I, I think that, you know, this is a very interesting matchup and Sean, uh, Sean Strickland could bring the best out of Uriah Hall. But, uh, you know, my, my friend Hunter in chat saying that, you know, he views Uriah Hall as a KO or a bust. And I wouldn't disagree with that, to be honest. Um, but, you know, at 6,900, he can do enough in, you know, in a decision if it goes the distance or in a uh, low volume KO win to uh, to really break through at 6,900. Yeah, I mean, look, Uriah Hall is just one of these guys. He is a tough fighter to trust just because of that counter-striking style. It's just he is a guy that I think we've always been waiting for kind of that breakout performance, you know, especially against, you know, upper echelon. Now, one of the things you have to note, Sean Strickland's been training at Extreme Couture, mm-hmm. and uh, Uriah Hall has done some training there. Of course, uh, now they're at Fortis, but uh, you know, it, by far, I mean, look, this is not the this is not a sexy UFC fight card. You can't, you can't, you know, you just got to be brutally honest about it. It's just not a sexy fight card. Uh, you know, I was interested in to see what Chris Dawkins would look like against Shamir Abdul Rahimov. Abdul Rahimov pulls out of this matchup. If you're not following Chris Dawkins on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, he had a great tweet in, in relation to this one, but. Uh, you know, this is, I mean, the, the price point of Uriah Hall just just makes him so intriguing there on DraftKings. It'll be interesting to see where FanDuel does put him at, of course. Uh, be sure to uh, like and subscribe to Awesome right here on YouTube. Of course, we do have free premium day and tools over at awesome.com today. If you want to get a peek behind what is behind the paywall, you're not an Awesome Plus member. MLB main slate ownership projections and PGA top golfers tool are the free premium data and tools over at awesome.com. Of course, so we got great shows for you each and every day. All the PGA guys do a great show to get you ready for all the PGA events. So uh, be sure to subscribe to awesome, hit that notification bell and uh, give us a thumbs up. We really do appreciate that as well. Let's move over to the co-main event of the evening. Kung Ho Kang 8,500 against Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. You think it's honey. Listen to the Anakin Florian podcast. They do the pronunciation of the week. They played the audio file for how we have always called him honey. Yeah, yeah. He calls himself Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. He has Americanized his name. Wow. Well, I mean, it's it's still like embedded in my mind and in my memory from his days in the WEC of honey. Yeah, yeah. But I will go with, uh, you know, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Because he's corrected, not corrected it, but he's kind of molded it for uh, for his American citizenship. Uh, but I, I will say that his his MMA game is incredible. He's a phenomenal BJJ practitioner. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is phenomenal. We saw it where he went in there and uh, made quick work of his last opponent. But matched up against uh, Kyung Ho Kang. This is a very interesting matchup because uh, I always talk of what can give Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys problems. And it's uh, strong wrestlers or or judo based fighters that can somewhat stuff takedowns, punish them on the feet and uh, somewhat avoid getting their back on the mat. Hanayaya or Rani Yaya will uh, look to, to implement takedowns from the get-go. He can stand up, but he's, he's really, really comfortable on the mat and works towards submissions better than anybody else. I think that Kyung Ho Kang can actually, you know, give some problems to him on the mat because of his amazing takedowns. If you go and you watch some tape on uh, Kyung Ho Kang, he has excellent takedowns, good hips and hips are huge. Hips are huge when it comes to grappling and, and scrambling. Um, and if he can, you know, utilize those good hips in certain situations, I think that he can avoid some dangerous spots against Ronnie Yaya. So with that being said, Ronnie Yaya is one of the best underdogs on the entire slate because of what he can bring to the table. If it hits the mat, He's an armbar away, a choke away from getting a finish. Uh, Seventy-seven hundred. Consider him in your in your underdog pool for sure. But I'm actually going to side with uh, Kyung Ho Kang in the fight, and I think that his uh, his top game, his striking, and his takedown defense can be enough to get the victory here. The thing that always concerns me with, with Yaya is the fact of if the fight hits late second, early third, mm-hmm. late third round, is that cardio going to be there? I mean, look, if you're Kung Ho Kang, I mean, I, I don't think you necessarily want to play on the ground because of, yeah. of just the, the jujitsu abilities that Hana Yaya has. But I would agree with you. I think it's 7,700 looking at somebody that if, if, if he's going to win this fight, you would imagine it's going to be by submission. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't really foresee him going out there and winning two rounds against Kyung Ho Kang if it's just pure grappling because of a Kyung Ho Kang scrambling ability. Um, I think that he'd have to work towards a finish. Now, with all that being said, Kyung Ho Kang is extremely confident in his grappling, which could end up 
you know, resulting in a, in a problem. If, you know, he shoots in for a double leg, gets a little too comfortable with that because he's able to do it against every other opponent and every training partner, and he leaves his neck out there, Ronnie Yaya is going to totally capitalize on a situation like that. So that's why he's one of the best underdogs on the slate, but I'm, I'm uh, favoring Kyung Ho Kang. Let's move on to a female matchup. We got Cheyenne Bays taking on Gloria DePaulo. Cheyenne Bays, 8,900, 7,300 for DePaulo. And I mean, look, the, the biggest thing you, you remember from Cheyenne Bays mm-hmm. outside of, you know, telling her opponent, uh, I'll follow you home, bitch, mm-hmm. is the fact of she just, she got head and arm throw the entire fight. Yeah. That, that is what scares you, but I, I don't think she's got to worry about that in this matchup. Yeah. Um, I, I think that on paper, you know, she might have overlooked her previous opponent. And uh, when she fought Montserrat Ruiz, she really got schooled with a head and arm throw multiple times throughout. But there were times where she was able to reverse position or uh, start to show some life. And then she get head and arm throwed again. So I don't think she'll have to worry about that in this matchup against uh, Gloria De Paula. I think she's going to be able to go out there, showcase her, her good hands. She has solid striking. And she's aggressive. And I think within this division, she could actually become a force once she gets the ball rolling. I think that she's going to kind of, uh, you know, grow within the division over time. Um, I'm not out of the the Cheyenne bias business. I, I think that she's the better fighter in this matchup. Gloria DePaula was taken down a lot against Jinyu Frey in her previous fight. Yep. And, um, you she know, couldn't I get off her back. She couldn't get off her back. And Cheyenne Bays can can implement takedowns. It's just that Montserrat Ruiz was the better wrestler. So that game plan was out the window and she was the one getting out grappled. I think that Cheyenne Bays is the way to go in this matchup. Um, it's just a matter of, do you want to pay up at 8,900 for a fight that could possibly go the distance and probably will? There's a lot of fighters on this card. So I'm okay with getting different and being a little underweight to her, but I do think that Cheyenne Bays is the way to go. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Now, of course, when you want to get the access to all the great tools and data we have over at awesomeo.com, you got to sign up for an Awesome Plus weekly pass for $29.95. This gives you full access to all the great premium content we have over at awesomeo.com from ownership projections, player projections, and so much more, including access to our premium Slack channel. And if you're a new user of Also Plus Platinum, then you can take advantage of the promo we have for this show. We use the promo code MMA strategy show. That's one word, all caps, MMA strategy show for 25% off your first week of also plus platinum. And of course, if you're only looking for an MMA weekly pass, you can get that for eight 95. Stop guessing, start winning, join also plus today. Are you drinking a white claw over there? Are you get ready no. for Mexico? No, no, no. It's a, it's a Red Bull. It's the best flavor Red Bull. It's the coconut berry Red Bull. I, I haven't started drinking yet. You guys know I don't drink a lot, but I'm telling you, I'm going to make up for it on this trip. So, uh, you know, tune in on Saturday. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to be hopefully be able to connect and uh, have a nice little uh, live before lock show with you guys. Oh, Lord, I'm going to troll you the next <laughs> couple of days. I'm just going to text you with like margarita pictures I know. just to no. see if you respond. Just no, see if you respond. You won't even have to worry about it. I'll be sending, I'll be saying margaritas and selfies all day long. <laughs> uh, uh, anyone knows you knows you are not the, uh, you're not the big drinker. <laughs> No. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I, I've been known to uh, partake. There we go. Uh, next up, we got a matchup that literally just came together within the mm-hmm. last 24 hours. Uh, Nicholas Stolze taking on Jared Gooden. Uh, 7000 for Nicholas Stolze for Jared Gooden. He is uh, no salary right now for him in terms of this one. And and Stolze was supposed to take home near Lazez, who was priced at 9000 Pete, this is going to be a hard one to get away from when trafficking just because of the pricing. Yeah, I, I like Nicholas Stolze here um, in this matchup against Jared Gooden. I like Nicholas Stolze in his debut. Um, you know, I was impressed by his debut. Uh, I thought that Reno Romanov is lethargic at times, but is a very, very powerful, um, you know, grappler. And uh, I, I think that he did. He did all right in that. Uh, Ameev, I said Romanov. Imagine if he was fighting Romanov. Uh, Ramazan Ameev um, has some solid wrestling and just kind of dictated the, the pace of the fight by slowing it down, putting him on his back at times. But Nicholas Stolze is a very, very dangerous striker and uh, is aggressive technic- technically everywhere. I think he can actually uh, light Jared Gooden up on the feet because Jared Gooden absorbs a ton of strikes on the feet and just kind of sits there and stays there and gets hit a lot. 
I think we could have uh, one of the best plays on the entire slate here at Nicholas Stolze, 7000 Not sure what Jared Gooden's price is going to be, but I don't like him in the matchup. He's stepping up on short notice, training hard. I know that he's been you know, in the room with some talented fighters, but uh, I just like Stolze going forward. So why wouldn't I like Stolze in a matchup against a guy who's stepping up on short notice? Yeah, I mean, if you look at, at the betting odds, if you got legit DraftKings prices here, you'd probably be in these 8,700, 8,800 yeah. for Nico Stolze. Uh, Jared Gooden has lost both of his fights in the UFC, so this could very well have been a situation where he may have been on the verge of getting cut anyway, and mm-hmm. the UFC told him, hey, we got an opportunity, gives you another fight in the UFC, uh, you know, makes you kind of, I think the weigh-ins are going to be very interesting to see what he looks like on the scale. I mean, I think that's that's part of the evaluation. But look, I expect that Nicholas Stolze is going to be very highly owned this week, and it's because of that price tag. Now, I will say this. If you do think that this fight goes 15 minutes, maybe, you know, that, that, even at that $7,000 price tag, even a decision win may be hard for him not to be optimistic. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fights, so who knows? You you never really can predict everything correctly, but I will say that Stolze is going to be very difficult to get away from. Uh, I like him everywhere. I think that there's chances of him finishing his opponent, but there's also a high chance of him just dominating throughout. So Stolze's a guy that's going to be a staple for a lot of my lineups. By the way, I don't know if you uh, got our premium Slack channel up or not. Case uh, Sizzle goes, hey, Pete. Can I collect my 50 push-ups on the stream today? Uh not on stream, but I I I did I did the 50 push-ups. I'll give you another 50 tonight. But uh yeah, man. Uh that first fight of the night was just so volatile. I mean, you, you noticed it. Uh Belbitza looked good. Uh, and then you, Hannah you, Goldie just if she took her down earlier, got on top position, it was a wrap. Like she was, she did so well. And that's why you avoid the first fight of the night. But yes, but no, but like, you know what I mean? This, the, the, the points galore because it's GPP volatility and you need that. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just, that was one, I was watching that before I went out last week and I was just like, Oh God. Yeah. I, and, and, and thankfully I, I did not roster a ton, but I, I roster a ton of Shajar Eubanks and man, that was just so. I loved it. I loved it when like she allowed her opponent to hit her from bottom. So like, go ahead, hit me. And then she hit her and then she just totally blasted her with a couple combinations and i was like yeah man eubanks Bro, that is, eye. She, that, she, eye. Yeah, that was a broken orbital so like you know eubanks looks legit but obviously that's against not ufc competition right we want to see her look like that against some ranked competition and i do think that she has the skill set to kind of go far you know in women's mma she just has to figure out the weight cut which i think that she did and kind of just like uh stay committed to the game and i think she'll be all right yeah, no, no question about that one. Let's move on. Next up, we got uh, Ryan Benoit taking on Adeshev. Benoit, 8,300, 7,900 here for Adeshev. What's your take? Well, uh, you know, Zarouk is a, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm cool with Zarouk. We were in the same uh, locker room, so I'm cool with him and his whole crew. I think there's a very winnable fight for Zarouk. Uh, I really do because Ryan Benoit doesn't really throw a lot, but he hits really, really hard. So, the A side's definitely Ryan Benoit because of his power for the division. He hits so hard, and he has more ways to win, I would say, than Zarouk, if we're being honest, whereas Benoit can get knockouts, and he could possibly get a submission because he is decent in jiu-jitsu, training under Gary Tonin as of late. Um, Zarouk is primarily a striker with some decent throws, but uh, you know he hasn't, been, he hasn't found his stride in the UFC yet. Granted, you know he was knocked out pretty bad. Um, one time against Tyson Nam and you know, Ryan Benoit hits pretty similar to uh, Tyson Nam. So I think that he has to be on his P's and Q's, but if he can't finish the fight, he needs to really just outwork Ryan Benoit and, you know, volumes, the way to do it. I think that uh, if you are looking for GPPs, I would probably say that Ryan Benoit has a higher ceiling because of the finishing, whereas Rue could easily steal a decision in this fight. And I'm going to be rooting like crazy for him because I really hope that he does get a victory here. But uh, Ryan Benoit, I think, will be a stable for a lot of people's lineups in in hopes of getting a, a finish in the fight. Do you know, be prior to his takedown against Tim Elliott uh, back in uh, 2019, or 2020, excuse me, he had not, Ryan Benoit, meaning, had not gotten a takedown since 2015? Yeah, because, I mean, he was the guy that found power, and he fell in love with his hands, and uh, when you're knocking... You're knocking some people out or you're hurting a lot of your opponents on the feet. Why would you 
try to do something else. You have a gift for that division. That division doesn't necessarily have crazy power punchers. I mean, you're known that division's known for going the distance. And when you can possibly be different, you want to utilize your skills. But uh, I, I think that there, you know, you saw it in the Tim Elliott fight where his scrambles were better. He was actually hunting leg locks in several situations. And uh, I, I wouldn't put it past them to uh, possibly find a submission, but Ryan Benoit, I would, I would say is, is the side to play. Zarouk is a, uh, is a decision type of choice at, uh, at 7,900. Now, the most expensive fighter here on the slate is Brian Barbarian, 9,600, taking on Jason Witt at 6,600. I, I spoke to Jason Witt about uh, about two weeks ago at this point. And, and Pete, I think the most the most interesting thing he – two things he said to me that I found really interesting. He, he talked about his, his last fight where he got knocked out in 16 seconds. He said, leading into that fight, he goes, I visualized about how I could win the fight. He goes, but I also visualized – how I could lose the fight, how I would get caught. And, and I feel like that's the first time I've had a fighter say that to me. Yes and no, right? Like, uh, I, I mean, I can't speak on, on your behalf, but as a fighter, like you think of, of situations and instances where your opponent can have, you know, an advantage over you or put you in bad spot and how you could possibly overcome it. Like, oh, he's got a good guillotine. So a lot of the times you're visualizing being in that guillotine or him attempting that guillotine and how you're going to get out. But GSP, you know, has talked about it and he's like, you know, I always think of really, really bad thoughts, uh, you know, leading up to my fight, but it always results with me finding a way out of that bad position or me ending up victorious. Now, if you're having negative thoughts of like, oh, I could get knocked out by this right hand, knocked out by this right hand. And you know what I mean? Like then, then you almost go out there and your biggest fear ends up happening. So it has to be like, you have to go out there and, you know, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of their strengths and utilize your skills to your best ability. Now uh, I'll tell you this matchup, the the price is ridiculous on Brian Barbarina 9,600. Like I like Brian Barbarina in the fight, but let's be real against Anthony Ivy coming off of a long layoff. What's what happened? He was taken down several times by Anthony Ivy and Jason Witt is a very strong wrestler. So yeah. if Jason Witt could get your hands, his hands on you, you could be going for a ride. Uh, you know, Witt will be looking for a submission, which I don't think that he'll get it, but he could also try to just implement some hard, you know, some hard ground and pound. But at 6,600, Jason Witt is in the underdog pool because of the takedowns and Brian Barbarina, the volume, the power, the chokes. I think that he's the A side and at 9,600, he's too expensive for me. I, I'll get to him, but I think that he's just a little bit too expensive. But with all that being said, you know, Jason Witt's style is not really typical for Brian Barbarana's, you know, success. Yeah. The, my second takeaway from what Jason Witt said to me and the way I just took it is like, look, you know, yes, I know I'm taking on someone who loves to get in brawls, mm -hmm. but he kept kind of missing. This is a mixed martial arts fight. And, and to me, if Jason Witt's going to win this fight, it is about utilizing his grappling and not getting into brawls. If, if this can become a grappling matchup, yeah, I mean, at 6,600, Jason, I mean, look, if you decide to roster Jason Witt and Uriah Hall, you can go out and get anybody you want. Yeah, you. I mean, the salary is ridiculous this week. You're going to have tons of leftover salary. You're going to have tons of salary to pay up for whoever you want. So uh, I wouldn't even stare at the salary remaining. I would just play lineups that you feel comfortable with. Um, they screwed up on pricing this week. Yeah. I mean, this could be a, a week where you just have a ton of salary left over and, you know, and MMA, you don't like to have a thousand, 1200, 1500 left over, but this may be one of those weeks you have it. I mean, look, it's, you know, Brian Barbarina clearly should be the favorite in this matchup. No question about it, but there is a path for Jason Witt to win this fight. And, and you bring up the great point of what Anthony Ivy was able to do there uh, against it. But yeah, man, Jason Witt, if he can get some takedowns, he definitely has got to be there. Now, another fighter who we have not seen for a long time, Nico Montano, 9,100. We have not seen her since 2019, taking on Yanani here at 7,100. Do you trust Nico Montano? Yeah, I don't know about trust, but I went back and I watched some footage against uh, Juliana Pena. And Nico Montano, actually, you know, she surprised me because we think of what Juliana Pena is now going to be doing. She's going to be fighting for, you know, a title. <laughs> She's in a very, very good spot. 
And Nico Montano actually had some excellent moments in there where she was taking her down, controlling her, pressing her against the cage. She didn't look too, too small. Yes, she is a little undersized for this weight class, but she didn't look so small. I mean, I think of Juliana Pena as being pretty physical and she was just kind of bullying her in the, in the opening round and, you know, the beginning half of round two. I was surprised. I, I didn't really recall that fight being like that. But, uh, you know, Nico Montano, her path to victory is going the takedown route. And that's what she she did uh, in order to have some success in her UFC and Ultimate Fighter career. I will say that Nico Montano in 9100. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. It's a little rich. It's a little rich, but I do I do think that she's going to get it done. She's going to out-wrestle Wu Yanan. Uh, Wu Yanan is going to hope to keep this fight standing up, but uh, I, I see Yanan getting taken down. I mean, Jocelyn Edwards was able to out-scramble and reverse her in several positions and end up winning that fight. So I have no no doubt about it that uh, Nico Madonna is going to go in there and get it done. Do you trust her? No. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> come on. You know, I'm not I'm – not, I'm not saying trust, but you know what I mean? Like she's going to, I view, I think that she's going to win 80% of the time. And uh, I think she goes in there, implements her game. It's easy work. By the way, she is one of five fighters over on monkey knife fight that their total strikes line is over 100. Of course, uh, they, monkey knife fight is a sponsor of this show. When you use the promo code awesome, get instant first match deposit of up to $100 at Nico Montano, 107 and a half strikes. Brian Barberina's at 101 and a half. Uh, Cheyenne Byes, 113. Kung Ho Kang, 103. Sean Strickland, 142. The, the Strickland and Hall one, to me, is kind of interesting there. Sean Strickland, 142 and a half. Uriah Hall at 61 and a half. We, we talked about Uriah Hall. He's a counter striker. He's not a volume puncher, but man, if you're taking the more on Sean Strickland at 142 and a half, you have to be thinking this thing is going 25 minutes. That's yeah. a lot of strikes. It sure is. And, you know, a volume guy going up against a counter striker might be a little bit more selective because you know how dangerous your opponent is. I will tell you the other one that kind of does stick out to me is the Adeshev Ryan Benoit line. Uh, Adeshev 54 and a half, 81 and a half for Benoit. I might go less on Benoit, more on Adeshev. I think I'll go less on both, honestly. I, I think that, uh, you know, an exchange or two could happen and somebody could get hurt and finished. Yeah, it's there is some interesting lines out there. We'll tell you they, they're, right now there's not a prop there. Uh, on Stolze and Gordon, but uh, be sure when you sign up over there at monkeyknifefight.com, use that promo code AWESOMO for an instant first match deposit of what up to $100. By the way, Samuel, appreciate you there in the Super Chat. We will get to your questions there at the end of the show, as we always like to give our fight picks. And then, Samuel, always appreciate your support here uh, of myself and Pete here on AWESOMO uh, with your Super Chats. That is much appreciated. Let's move on. we got a UFC debut, someone that I am very familiar with, and Colin Anglin taking on. Uh, I'm not going to try to butcher that guy's name. I'm going to try to butcher it. Bugs, Bogzarian. That's what I'm sure. saying. All right, cool. Bogdasarian. Um, I'm interested in this fight, and I think that this is going to be a volatile fight because of how they both like to fight. Uh, Bogzarian is a um, phenomenal kickboxer, uh, has actually fought some of the best kickboxers out there. And in MMA, he's pretty green. So he does not have the wrestling advantage in this fight. That would be Colin Anglin, who has the wrestling advantage. And, uh, you know, they both like to strike. But I think that the pressure and aggression of Bogzarian is, is interesting. He throws a lot of head kicks, um, likes to tie up and throw tons of knees and elbows, 
we could be looking at a knockout here, guys. So, you know, unlike the previous fights where I had some firm stances on some fights, I will split exposure here. And I think that it's important to do so. I'm interested to hear your take on Colin Anglin because you, you have some, you know, some inside information about him over the years and his style and what he likes to do. But from my assessment, he likes to keep his hands pretty low and he likes to throw a lot and he's aggressive. Um, I wouldn't say that his defense is the best, but his aggressiveness makes up for it. So, uh, you know, and I did notice that he was able to, you know, change levels and, and take people down if he needed to. So he's definitely the more well-rounded fighter here at 7,600, but I like the he- the head kicks and the aggress- aggressiveness out of Bogzarian. Um, You know, I, I might wait for my Jason Floyd, uh, you know, little input right here before I really, you know, weigh one way or another, but I, I already can tell you that I'm going to be splitting exposure. Well, Colin Anglin initially uh, out of that Michigan regional scene, he was a a longtime uh, training partner there with Cody Brundage, who we saw uh, on the contender series we've seen in LFA. uh, When Cody made his move to Denver there to Factory X, Colin Anglin uh, moved with him as well. So he's been there at Factory X. Uh, he's been at Factory X for probably a little more than a year at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously Factor X is a gym that, that we've talked about here. He's supposed to make his UFC debut earlier this year, had an injury to pull out of the matchup here. Um, he's a guy that I, I'll be honest. I do wonder if he got to the UFC a little too quick. I, I was looking at his record and I, I could see that. And, uh, you know, when I saw him, I watched his fight again, you know, on the contender series, he looked better than what, what I was anticipating. Um, he did kind of impress me in that situation, but if you want to be, if you want to be honest, you know, Bogzarian's this is like a, a tailor-made matchup for a guy that's somewhat green. They're both green. You got a five and one fighter in uh, Melsic Bogzarian against Colin Angle, who's eight and one. Um, Bogzarian definitely is, uh, a little, you know, inexperienced as far as grappling and wrestling. And if Colin Angle goes out there, exchanges with them, changes levels, he could win this fight pretty handedly. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in the matchup, honestly. I will have a slight edge, slight edge to Bugzarian, just slight, just slight because he's a little bit more defensively sound. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, next up, we got uh, Garcia taking on Grootsmacher. Garcia, the second most expensive fighter on this card at 9,500. Grootsmacher at 6,700. I, I can hear that little that little smirk there. Bro, I'm telling you, bro, they were throwing back shots, making these salaries. I mean, goodness gracious, Hoffa Garcia at 9,500. When I was watching tape, you know, I was like, Immediately, I was you know pulled in in Garcia's direction because in his UFC debut, he he didn't look bad at all against Nasra Hakpras, who's one of the most dangerous strikers within a division. And Hafa Garcia really thrives in grappling situations. So if he can implement a takedown, that's really where his game starts to uh, you know starts to accumulate and he starts to win rounds and work towards a finish. But he was forced to stand in that fight. I didn't think he did too terrible at 9500 against Chris Grutzmacher. Uh, I think that. He can hurt him on the feet, take him down, work towards a submission, or pound him out. I mean, Gritzmacher's really been uh, slumping here, um, you know, in his past four fights. He's one and four. Only win is over Joe Lozon. And uh, he's been finished three in three of his past four fights. So you're talking about Hoffa Garcia probably priced up correctly, but it did surprise me. I got to be honest. 9,500 surprised the hell out of me. There are weeks when we have Valentina Shevchenko, Amanda Nunez, uh, all these incredible fighters that – don't really reach these crazy salary heights. And we have Hoffa Garcia at 9,500. Well, that's what happens when you're a minus 320 betting favorite. Pete. You're right. I know, but we've seen worse, right? We've seen worse. And it, I mean, it's a lot. It's a hip. It's a heavy, heavy line for a guy in his second UFC fight. But I do think it's correct. I think he gets it done. Look, right now at this point, and you mentioned about Grootsmacher and what he's done here in his recent math. To me, it's just you can't trust him going to this one, but yeah, it's a high price that you got to pay there for Garcia. Of course, uh, we will talk more about the fights here uh, here in a moment, but do want to profile some of the people that have gone into the Awesomeo Hall of Fame. Of course, you got to be rocking that Awesomeo avatar on your DFS profile to get your wins. 
to at Awesomeo HOF. You'll win a free month of Awesomeo Plus Platinum. Only one free month can be awarded per user per calendar year. Congratulations there to Joey taking down the mini max there over in MLB over on the DraftKings side of thing. Also, Joey coming in first place there in the PGA showdown there. Congratulations, Joey, for hopping into the Awesomeo Hall of Fame. Uh, Malacher coming in there with the MLB over there on FanDuel. Kudos to him there. Nice uh, there with Polanco, 50-point uh, outing there for him. Also, uh, JB Guru, congratulations to you. Uh, Win there over at the DK MLB and a three max there. And uh, also, we have some NBA series over there. Congratulations, Costa splitting there in a first place as well. Uh, Gingerbread coming in there in an MLB contest as well. Also, uh, Leo coming in in a MLB contest as well. As I mentioned, if you want to get into also a Hall of Fame, all you got to do is finish in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. Tweet the wins to at Awesomeo HOF. You win a free month of also plus platinum. Only one free month can be awarded per user per calendar year. Always love to see those screenshots after the events are over. Let's move on to the next matchup. This actually might be one of the most interesting fights for me on this fight card. And that's Danny Chavez and Kai Kamaka 8,200 for Kamaka 8,000 here for Danny Chavez. I'm interested in this fight because it's a striker's delight. Both guys like to strike. Uh, you have Kai Kamaku, who I think uh, has a slight power edge here. Um, and I think that he has a takedown advantage in this matchup as well. He's you know priced at 8,200. And I like his aggressiveness. Danny Chavez, I think, let a lot of people down in his previous performance um, against uh, Jared Gordon. But Jared Gordon utilized excellent leg kicks and takedowns. And that's how he really nullified Danny Chavez on the feet, uh, zapped his energy, and then he was kind of a sitting target for the rest of the fight. I think that, uh, you know... Kai Kamaka can do the same, but I don't know if he'll really go to the wrestling so, so early. He can to solidify rounds, but I do like him. I like the camp that Kai Kamaka is coming out of. I, I like his power. Um, I'm leaning towards Kai Kamaka in the matchup, honestly. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that with Danny Chavez keeping his hands so low, his chin's up in the air, he likes to bomb leg kicks. He could get hit with some shots and rocked, but this will be a tit-for-tat type of fight until uh, Kai Kamaka starts to press forward. I like Kai Kamaka in this one. I mean, you mentioned about it. I think it's, it, you know, from a, just a, a fan perspective, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch, but I do like Kai Kamaka in that matchup. Now we got a female matchup, Junior and Frey taking on Ashley Yoder. Ashley Yoder, 8,400. Junior and Frey, 7,800 in this one. Uh, this, uh, a, to me, Pete, this has got a recipe for 15-minute fight. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I might be out of the Jin Frey business. I know that she uh, she got a decision last time out where she you know implemented some good takedowns, but her striking volume is just lethargic. It's really non-existent. Um, the the victory was against DePaula. She scored seventy two points in uh, in the win. Was trying to work towards a finish. It didn't come. And uh, you know, being an atom weight and now being you know at, at one fifteen, I think that she's just going to be undersized and i know this is like several fights at 115 but i just think like she's going to be somewhat undersized for a while Mm -hmm. while you know ashley yoder over the years has been fighting you know natural 115 you know people dropping down from 125 like she's been tested in the ufc against some legitimate legitimate competition and you can go and look at ashley yoder and you see all these l's but i mean like Angela Hill, Mackenzie Dern, Randa Marcos, uh, Lavinia Souza. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like solid competition. And uh, I, I think that Ashley Yoder's wrestling will be enough to stuff some takedowns from Jin Frey, get some takedowns of her own. And I wouldn't be surprised to see her just kind of like piece her up on the feet because Jin Frey just doesn't do enough. At least it seems that way in the UFC. She doesn't seem like the best fighter, you know, the same fighter that she was outside the UFC. So, it's actually Yoda for me at 8,400. I like her quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I think if she can go that takedown route, I mean, you look at the, the fight chat against Miranda Granger having over 151 total strikes land that fight, eight minutes of control time, two takedowns, that would definitely be the path. And, and that's something that where, 
you got to use our ownership projections and, and try to find those leverage plays and, you know, maybe find that, that fire that no one is getting to. Maybe it is Ashley Yoder. Maybe it's not Ashley Yoder this week, but to me, it, it comes down to takedowns. And I, I'm just like you, the, the, you know, what we've seen junior Frey in, in the UFC. I I've honestly, I've just been disappointed. Honestly, I have not been impressed at all. And it's like, okay, well, and this is why, like, I'm not saying to take notes when you're fighting, but it's important to, remember your reactions to certain fights so that when they're booked, you know, in advance or in the future, you're like, Oh, okay. I remember how I felt about that person. And I was like, okay, I want to fade him. So like, you know, let's talk about Romanoff. Like when Romanoff's gas tank was so terrible this last time out. And then when, you know, the going got tough and he started to look for a way out, maybe we're a little suspect about him and saying, you know what, let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's still a little green. Are you talking bad about your guy? I'm not talking bad. I'm talking facts. Whereas, you know, uh, Tom Aspinall. I thought you were the president of the fan club. I, lo- I love Romanoff, but I like Tom Aspinall more. Okay. You know, I I, I think I even said that if those two were paired up, I, I have Tom Aspinall winning. So you're basically saying you have a bigger man crush on Tom Aspinall. Is that, Tom is that what Aspinall's you're saying? my boy. He's, I like him. I, you know, I, I like Tom Aspinall. I get you there. I get you there. We got two fights here left. Uh, we got a matchup between Ronnie Lawrence and Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones, 7,500. Ronnie Lawrence, 8,700. Uh, Trevin Jones, a guy that came into the UFC. I, I'm very familiar with him. Uh, when he, he when I initially met him, he was trained over in Guam, initially from the U.S., moved to Guam, then ended up coming to Vegas and betting on himself, saying, you know what, I'm going to be here in Vegas in case a short-notice opportunity comes about, happens to come about. Uh, but to me, this is about Ronnie Lawrence. My goodness. The saying is, you know, will lightning strike twice, and it feels like it did. I mean, Trevin Jones beating Valiev. Okay. You know, and then popping for banned substance marijuana. So, okay, he doesn't get credit for that victory. Then Mario Batista knocking out Mario Batista. Like, man, this guy's got some dynamite in those hands, and uh, he can put anybody to sleep. So, you know, you have to be very careful. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. But I did not expect this out of Trevin Jones. Admittedly, I didn't. And I think that he's going to be extremely popular at 7,500. Just people looking to get a little contrarian. But how the heck can you get away from Ronnie Lawrence? I mean, the king of pressure, the king of pace. I love what he does, man. He's relentless. His striking, his punches, his kicks look excellent. His motor is nonstop. His wrestling is relentless. He chains together takedowns, transitions. I'm telling you, it's like the Energizer Bunny. He's ridiculous. 135 points in his uh, UFC debut against Vince Cachero. Third round, KOTKO. The upside's tremendous with him because he'll probably accumulate a ton of stats and get a late finish. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for, man. And uh, Ronnie Lawrence, hold up. He stole my damn nickname. His nickname is The Heat. Ronnie The Heat Lawrence? What in the world are we? Oh, Ronnie. Oh man. Okay. I'm still in the Ronnie Lawrence business, but man, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> the fight words. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wrong, man. That's wrong. By the way, nice little character sure you put on your, uh, your Twitter handle the other day that someone yeah. made for you. Yeah. Somebody made me that. It's pretty cool. It's uh whether it's for my Twitch, my, my Twitter or whatever. I, I thought that was pretty awesome, man. Yeah, it was, it was really cool there. But to me, I'll, I'll be on Ronnie Lawrence in this one. You know, 8,700, uh, like you said, you got to love the pace that he brings. It's ridiculous. I mean. But you say he brings the heat. Don't, that, that's my line. What the hell? Okay. But, yes, I, I'll, oh. give him the, I'll give him the heat pass. He's, he's been, you know, breaking people. So, he gets the heat pass. He's been phenomenal. 8,700, steal the week. I like him quite a bit. That might be a little bit of a troll line on Saturday as you're sitting in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. by, the, by the way, we do have two new YouTube channels that you need to subscribe to. If you love what we do for DFS and you're going to love what we do for season-long fantasy football and sports betting, yes, fantasy football season is here. 
All the training camps have started. Preseason football is what 10 days away here. So by the way, so just click that link pin in the YouTube chat, subscribe to those channels and make sure to turn on those notifications too, as we will be producing sports betting and fantasy football content around the clock. So make sure to stay up to date with the videos from your favorite awesome host. If you want to check out some of the free content we are offering right now, you can find our fantasy football rankings in front of the paywall on the awesome.com fantasy football tab. And for sports betting, you can check out the awesome odds tab for access to odd shopper and our MLB betting tool, which includes our sports betting model and player props tool. You got to hit up odd shopper when you're trying to find the best lines on the game that or player prop that you're looking for. There is definitely a go-to there for me. And yes, fantasy football is here. Football season's here. It's crazy. I know, man. It's crazy. I haven't even started my, my, my research, so I <laughs> I got a lot to catch up on. So much can happen over the next three weeks, bro. True. Very true. So much can happen. As, as someone who has been in the uh, NFL play-by-play broadcasting business for 16, 17 years, yeah, a lot of things happen these next three weeks. Yeah, right. Injuries will happen. I know. Unfortunately, they will. Yeah, they, they will happen. Uh, so we got one more fight here left, the opening fight of the night. Koski taking on Rowe. Koski, 8,800. Phil Rowe, 7,400. Is the opening fight of the night a must-roster fight? I think it might be. You know, um, you know, I've been pretty firm on some stances and some sides, and I think that this is a split where you need to split your exposure because of the unknown surrounding both fighters, right? Uh, Orion Kosi has, you know, some good power, and we can look back on his brother's performance, Louis Kosi, where a lot of people were heavy on him because of his knockout ability, his wrestling chops. He can mix things up. But his uh, his cardio somewhat abandoned him, and he was a sitting duck, and he got absolutely destroyed by Sasha Platnikov. So, um, you know, I'm not out of the Kosi business for both fighters, but I feel like they could be overvalued, honestly. I, they might be. They're undefeated. Um, you know, Orion Kosi's still undefeated. And I think that he could be somewhat undervalued. Uh, overvalued, excuse me, and uh, you know, fighting a, a Phil Rowe, who's going to have a massive reach advantage over him, is going to be a very difficult puzzle to solve. Um, and I, I think that a damn near ten-inch reach advantage for Phil Rowe is going to be a lot. But when Phil Rowe gets hit, he gets rocked and wobbled. But I have to tell you, Gabe Green wasn't able to put Phil Rowe away, and Gabe Green is a pretty solid fighter. And you know, he hit him with some big shots, and you know. What did Phil Rowe do? He was able to reverse some positions on the mat, has some awesome half guard sweeps, has some sneaky sub attempts where he likes to, you know, hunt some gu- uh, guillotines as well. But he's long, rangy, puts together combinations great, and could punish a guy who uh, has an adrenaline adrenaline dump or really just has terrible cardio. So for me, I'm calling upset of the week. It's going to be Phil Rowe over Orion Kosi. But like I said, split your exposure. Orion Kosi has, um, you know, some really good wrestling, but his scrambling ability is actually just like not too good. And it, it actually surprised me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you've been listening here for the last uh, 40 minutes, so I think the one takeaway you got to take of there, there's multiple, pl- multiple fighters to put in your underdog pool. Uh, when, you know, you're going in the cruncher and you're saying, give me, mm-hmm. you know, one or, or two of these guys. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a weird week, right? Uh, weird week, weird fights, weird matchups. And, uh, you mix that with some strange salaries, you're going to have uh, an interesting optimal lineup. So of all weeks, get different this week. Now let's go up our, our straight up fight picks. These are not DFS related. These are just straight up fight picks. The main event, Uriah Hall, Sean Strickland. I'm going picked uh, Uriah. I picked him on my show yesterday. I'm going to pick him again, Uriah Hall. Yeah, I'm going Uriah Hall. Yeah. Uh, I will go Kung Ho Kang against Ronnie Yaya. Yeah, I'll go Kung Ho Kang as well. Uh, give me Cheyenne buys. Same Cheyenne buys. Uh, Nicholas Stolze will be my pick there. Stolze as well. Uh, I know, I'm pretty sure we're going to agree on this one, Adeshev. I'm going to root for my boy Adeshev. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barbarina and Jason Witt. I'm going to go Barbarina. Even though Jason Witt, my guy, you know, had him on my show multiple times. I, I think that the the smart. Uh, pick here as they go with Brian Barbarina, but uh, there definitely is a path to Jason Witt winning this matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like Nico Montano, even though long layoff, always concerned about that. Same, Nico Montano. Uh, I will go. Uh, do, do you go Colin Anglin, or are you going to go with the uh, the favorite there? I'm going to go with uh, Bogdasarian. I, I'm going to I'm going to uh, give a shot 
with him. I will uh, agree with you there. I will take uh, Garcia against Grutzmacher. Garcia. Give me Kamaka against uh, Chavez. Kamaka. Uh, I will take Ashley Yoder for her wrestling. Yoder. Uh, I will go Ronnie Lawrence. Ronnie Lawrence. Hate you. I, uh, you know, even though the 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 reach disadvantage concerns me, I will take Koski. Okay, I'll go Phil Rowe. So, of course, uh, let me uh, mention uh, Samuel in the Super Chat is coming with his uh, typical questions. Top two cash, top two GPPs, underdogs, MVPs. What's the KO over or under leverage plays, upset plays? Love the show. Chow. Uh, let's let's uh, talk about the upset plays first off, because there's a lot of ways we can go here, Pete. Well, there's a lot of ways you could go. Um, I mean, if you want to just strictly look at it from DraftKings salary, I mean, Uriah Hall 6,900, I guess, but upset. Um, I'm going to go Phil Rowe, man. That's, that's my upset. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I would go Uriah Hall in terms of an upset. Pick okay. f- personally for me in, in terms of that uh top two cash top two gpps so top two cash right i mean hafa garcia against a guy who's been finished in three of his past four fights i think is a, a strong play um i would probably say in cash uriah hall is probably a good cash play because the the salary savings the five rounds um that's probably what i would say uh, MVP champion plays here. I, I think that in terms of a MVP, uh, man, Michael Ronnie Lawrence. That that's the name I was looking at. Uh, Michael Ronnie Lawrence. I mean, the the stats are ridiculous. Whenever he fights, um, the potential is endless. He has the highest ceiling on this entire card. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you gotta look there. Uh, in terms of uh, if we're just I, we typically do stoppage over under. So what we got thirteen fights? Yeah, I do stoppage over under thirteen. So let's let's set the number at uh, let's go. S- I think we got to do five and a half. Oh, I'm going over. Really? Yeah, I'm going over, bro. So if it was six and a half, you going over? Yeah, I think there's seven. You put a trash really? line. That line of yours is trash. I would be hammering that line. Yeah, even Tyler says bad line. Bad line. Thank you, buddy. Free money. Print those bills. We'll see who's right come Saturday night. You're saying there's five finishes? I, I think there's a lot of potential decisions on this card. I think Jason's crazy, but it's okay. Usually I'm the one that shoots a really high number. I know. I don't know what the hell you're doing today, but I'm taking advantage of it. Hammering the line. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I just, I don't know. This this car feels just like decision machines, decision machine. Yeah. I'm more yeah. interested in the Bellator card on Saturday. I am extremely interested in the Bellator card. I mean, let's be real. That fight, that main event, that, you know, AJ McKee against Pitbull, it's crazy. It is crazy. I can actually see it going either way. And I, that, that goes to show you how legit AJ McKee is. He's so legit. He's so good. Here's the crazy. So I'm just looking you know, in the show on the Bellator um, betting odds here because I know we yeah. got a lot of people like to do on the betting side. Depending on where you get your lines at, oh, there is some places that have got Emmanuel Sanchez as a plus 100 against Mads Burnell at minus 120. You like that? Yeah. Really? Okay. Hold on, I'm pulling them up right now. Um, Bellator. Ooh, main event. Yeah, see, main event's close. Really, really it's, close. That's a pick up. It's, it's a coin flip fight for me. Wow. Brent Premise plus 175 is, is an interesting underdog play. Surprise, Goedy, uh Yamauchi is not more. Minus one. Chris Gonzalez is a, is a really nice uh, prospect they have. I know, but it's Yamauchi. Keith Crosby at plus two fifteen is another interesting underdog. Yeah, I saw I saw that he had like uh, some like intimidation factor about him today. That's pretty he's cool. uh, he's been training at, at Glory. Um, mm-hmm. He's uh, an SBG Ireland guy. Yep. Uh, when I talked to him, part of the reason he came over was the restrictions in Ireland. 
But the other reason is James Gallagher has been working at Glory there, and James has been trying to get him to come over to the U.S. now for some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Georgie, you know, he's done well since returning to 55. He's now on the carnivore diet. I don't know if you've heard uh, about it's one of the new diets where you just you eat red meat. What the hell? There's a book on it. Yeah. And, and he said, he told me that he said he's, he feels the best he's ever felt. <laughs> what's he like more, what's he like more violent? Like, I don't know. Like, he just say he's, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, um, there's the injuries aren't there. Like he's been in the past, uh, you know, that wear and tear of fight camp. So, um, that's, that's an interesting matchup. But I'll tell you the Bellator card on Saturday is a very good fight card. Of course, we'll be back here on Saturday for live before lock. And we'll see, uh, how many margaritas deep Pete is. <laughs> it may be too. You sit at the pool, do the show <laughs> under over margaritas on Saturday show. Uh, what's the line? <laughs> oh, God, Tyler, you are way too high. Way <laughs> yeah. too high. Tyler's putting up six. Uh, nine one one on speed dial. If that's the case, no way. Uh, look, goodness. look, you know, if I set the number at two, I might still go under. <laughs> I think, I think I might too. Uh, gosh. But, hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was fun. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm going on vacation. Before you guys head out, if you could hit that thumbs up for us, we really appreciate it. Tune in on Saturday. Jason, what time are we on Saturday? Say it again. It's a good question. Oh, okay. <laughs> four, o'clock, four, four o'clock Eastern time, I want to say. Well, that's the Is it? Hold up. Four or five o'clock Eastern time. Okay. Well, tune in on Saturday. And if you're not following us on social media, you should. At Jason underscore Floyd. Uh, at PT Heat MMA, I almost forgot what mine was. Uh, you know, we always post what, what time we're going live and our shows and our links to other content. But yeah, man, we we really appreciate you guys. Thank you for everything. Tyler, by the way, is that Eastern time or Central time? <laughs> Eastern time. Uh, I would say I, I think we're getting Eastern time there. We're getting Eastern okay. time. Four o'clock oh, Eastern good. time on Saturday. Okay. <laughs> but oh, that okay. is going to do it for this edition of. The awesome MMA DFS strategy show. Of course, also, if you can't check us out on YouTube, can't check us out, part of the awesome podcast network. So that's going to do it for this edition of the strategy show. We will see you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.